Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast about movies because movies. My name is Corey. And my name is Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing fantastic. So uh, a bit of a fan dream came true, Jeff. What is that, my Kevin Smith-loving friend over here? (laughs) We are getting a third installment of the Clerks franchise. No way. Yes. I am just hearing about that now. (laughs) He joked, sitting there holding tickets to uh, the Kirk's the Clerk's uh, convenience tour. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's exciting because Clerk's Two was an interesting step beyond the original Clerk's. These characters are growing up and they're facing. I mean, well, yeah, they don't really grow up. They're getting older, I should say, and they're He's having to deal older. with with you know different scenarios, different issues because they're getting older but they are still these sort of stunted comic book nerd 20 somethings in their mind right yeah absolutely you know Corey, what this makes me think about is what other movies out there either have a trilogy that really shouldn't you know what i mean like they went to make a trilogy of a movie and they really should have stopped at two or what movies are out there that maybe need a third one like clerks that never got it there, there are there are movies fairly recently that got their third movie way late, right? way late, way late. We're talking about like Bill and Ted's. Like th- it was nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety one when we got advent- uh, the excellent adventure and the bogus journey, and then it wasn't until twenty twenty until we got Bill and Ted Bill and Ted face the music, and it's it's every much a Bill and Ted movie, <laughs> which is what you would expect from it, but it took a long time for 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 to get get to that all right what are some movies that did not need that third movie okay let's just get those out of the way like trilogies that you know what we could have passed on that okay the number one movie that nobody ever wants to talk about the third installment (laughs) of godfather (laughs) three everybody together the godfather part three okay the godfather part three is the third installment of the godfather series it is the one that mario puzo did not write Mm mm-hmm um, it was written mostly by Francis Ford Coppola. Sort of like the last uh, season of Game of Thrones, right? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Where it falls uh, completely off the rails because the writer had nothing to do with it. <laughs> so Francis Ford Coppola is one of these directors who will take a script and then he will change very minor things and then call himself a writer. But when it ke- when it came to Damn. the final, <laughs> when he came to the final movie, he actually tried to write it himself. And he actually wanted to call the movie the death of Michael Corleone instead of calling it Godfather part three, because he had this idea for changing the movie into something where Michael Corleone is loses family. Everyone's going to die, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm not sure that was what Mario Puzo wanted for his movie. And it probably wasn't because everyone hated the Godfather. (laughs) The other problem with this movie was that he cast his daughter in the role of Michael's Michael Corleone's daughter. And Sophia Coppola, despite how great she is as a director herself, could not act. No, uh, you know we talked about this on a on a previous episode that Winona Ryder was initially supposed to be in that role and she could not. And you know we got 
Sofia Coppola and Sofia Coppola playing opposite a young Andy Garcia who who is trying his hardest. Yeah. <laughs> and young Andy Garcia is a strikingly attractive man and he's playing across from Sofia Coppola. I'm saying if she had sold that part as being somebody who who like where you understand yeah, why right. he's it's, so compelled it's to more love about her. her it's more about her acting was just awful yeah. it, it you know the two things don't help each other <laughs> out but at all. it's not only about that the story was actually just really boring it was all yeah. about him trying to find redemption from the church and like it had uh mark hamill i think stars in it with him yeah the the pitfalls of godfather part three stretch far beyond just Sofia Coppola. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. Yeah. Uh, it's a really bad storyline. It's, it's just not a good movie. Especially coming off of Godfather and Godfather Part Two. Well, it's not coming off of it. It came well, like I'm saying, like you're in the in the series, right? Like you're, you've, you've got. Wasn't this made in like the early '90s? <laughs> Maybe. I'm serious. I think it came out in like 1990 or 1991, Maybe. and yeah. the last Godfather movie at the time had come out in '70s. Yeah, it's definitely a third installment that you can skip. Yeah. Uh, what about, like, the Karate Kid, Jeff? Well, here's the problem with Karate Kid. Um, <laughs> now, just to, we need to preface this. Yeah, Jeff These, is a huge Karate Kid fan. I'm a huge so Karate Kid fan. For you to have a, a comment on the Karate Kid. <laughs> so we got to preface this. Comes One, with some weight. Karate Kid did not stop at Karate Kid Part 3. we got to say that at some of the movies we're talking about on our list we're saying that they were a trilogy at the time before a new movie was to be to come out so everyone knows that the karate kid the next karate kid came out after karate kid part three with hillary swank right and then karate kid the new karate kid came out with um will smith's son jaden smith jaden smith that was a reboot though which is a reboot with jackie chan who does kung fu, kung fu yeah making it a really really good version of karate kid and they're in China. And they're in China, which makes it a is, good version of Karate Kid. Yeah. Anyway. It's problematic on a lot of different levels. Very problematic. <laughs> um, but the, the Karate Kid Part 3 ends the Daniel Russo. Yeah, it ends the Daniel Russo story until L- Russo. they picked it up with uh, Cobra Kai. Right. So the problem, and I, I have a feeling, and, and they just picked up this story again with Cobra Kai, with, Daniel, with, uh, with Sensei Silver which is who they just started this season mm. with. Karate Kid, the problem was they had this they had two characters in the f- movie that were just overly evil. There was evil for evil's sake. Mm. It just didn't make sense. They're just beating up on Daniel LaRusso relentlessly for no reason. It's like three ninjas level. <laughs> yeah, it was like they were trying to win the All Valley tournament and it's like nobody wants to win a high school Karate tournament this that bad. bad. There's like <laughs> no reason you'd want to high school football. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but but nobody wants to win something this badly. And also they had a, a love interest for Daniel, but she never was into him. <laughs> it didn't make sense. And then the whole time him and Mr. Miyagi aren't friends. It was a really just bad script. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean could have stopped it too. Yeah, you really could have stopped it too. You didn't need the third one. Third one was really bad. So, yeah, not a good one. Yeah. Karate Kid Part 3 is not the best. It doesn't have around. Peter Satira. <laughs> you know, it just it doesn't have uh no one's ever going to bring him down except yeah. for in the third movie. <laughs> uh 
All right, the, you know, like other movies that don't need a third, The Mummy 3, that feels self-explanatory. Most no, of you, no, we have to explain the reason on. why. Well, most of you out there probably didn't even know that there was a third movie for The Mummy series. Yeah, this is not <laughs> Scorpion King. <clears throat> no, which is fine until the very end when the CG is so bad that you're like, oh, what am I watching? Yeah. But the movie itself is fine, <laughs> aside from The Rock as The Scorpion King. Yeah, this is Mummy 3 where they actually changed out the wife and put in a new character, yeah. but she is a different height by a lot and a different hair color. Maria Bello. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not the same without Rachel Weiss. I think he's got a kid in this one as well. He's always got a kid. Does he always have a kid? Yeah, the no. kid's the main character in like all of them. In the second one, he has a child. The child takes a, like the, a wristband. Yeah. Okay. And the wristband is why they have to like That's fall. True. Yeah. Uh, but- yeah, the third installment is is not great. It came out like in surprisingly when when did it come out? It came out like 2012. Like it's <laughs> Oh, oh, that's the thing. It's 2008 is when it comes out. The The Mummy Returns was in 2001, so it's like 7-year gap. Brendan Fraser <laughs> had already had a dispute about this particular franchise where he stood up for the director and then they like blackballed him, but then they eventually make this movie, um The Tomb of the Dragon. I think Jet Li is in this movie. He see. is, yeah. Yeah. They go to China. It's it's not really like the mummy. <laughs> it's a, a stark departure. Again, they yeah they they put Maria Bello in it instead of Rachel Weisz. Like it's not. They should have just not <laughs> made, <laughs> made, made, made this movie. It's such a depart departure, you know. Like it like it's so much of a departure that it 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 it's almost head scratching as to why it even exists. But yeah, so the mummy could have stopped at the mummy returns, and then it's maybe also, maybe George Lucas, <clears throat> uh, what would George Lucas do uh, a little bit and fix the CG at the end of that when you release it on Blu-ray? <laughs> well, this also is a um, there's also a situation when when we want to say that this is where we see The Rock take over pretty much all the movie parts of Brendan Fraser. It happens right in this pot. Yeah, right after the Mummy Two, then Scorpion King comes out and sort of becomes the better third installment even though it's not yeah and then we see him take over as the uh, journey to the center of the earth yeah and then he takes over the actual roles that brendan fraser <laughs> was getting <laughs> yeah absolutely i'm surprised that then they redo airheads yeah no, I'm, just I'm surprised that the rock didn't do a george of the jungle 4 or whatever yeah <laughs> and encino man the reboot Speak. Uh, Ooh, encino, no, I'm just kidding. encino man <laughs> reboot okay so man. let's go over the movies that not all thirds are bad, though, Jen. No, no, no. So we got to talk about the movies where the third actually revitalized the franchise. Yes, because there's plenty of second movies that dip. We've, we've talked about it. There's very few second movies that live up to the level or are better than the first movies. Oftentimes, there is a fall-off. Corey, believe it or not, I think that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is shit. Really? I do. I, but I don't think it's as good as the first one. But I I enjoy it. But what happens I'll after that? that? Well, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is awesome. Which is, in my book, in my now my book, the best Indiana Jones. The best Indiana Jones. Yes, I love the original Indiana Jones, but I absolutely adore the Last Crusade. I think that I honestly think the Last Crusade is better than all of them. Yeah. I, I I mean I feel like we're in the minority generally here. People usually put, you know, the the first installment as their like favorite, and then it's it's kind of a topsy turvy between. There's a lot of Temple of Doom fans out there. 
um, that hey, will kind of. Hey, swap but then it. you watch uh, you watch um, what's called Big Bang Theory, and they've got the first one, and they talk about how in the first one, oh, oh yeah. he, he's not like significant. To he's any not of significant the, to any part just, of the movie. He's and just you're like, present. You're like, that's true. <laughs> I was like, "Way to go, Chuck Lorre, by putting by writing that in there yeah, because that's, no, that's kind of true. Yeah, that is kind of true. But in in the uh, the Last Crusade, very much a part of very much making sure that they accomplish what they need to accomplish. Even and though Sean Connery and Sean Connery, yeah, well, of course, <laughs> Sean Connery, and then still Nazis. <laughs> yeah, Sean Connery with no hairpiece, by the way, no hairpiece, still gets the girl somehow. Got a great. He, I mean, he has a great hat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Junior. Yeah. We named the dog Indiana. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so it's so great. So yes, that that movie redeems it. But Corey, it's so it's so tough when I see them almost die hard in that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, they almost die hard. They did. Yeah, <laughs> they did. You want to put the speaking of die hard. <laughs> you put the bag back up on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of die hard, Corey. Well, the connection here is that they've in Die Hard and in Indiana, Indiana Jones, they add an awesome actor to the third movie that brings it back. Yes. In Indiana Jones, it was Sean Connery. Yes. In Die Hard, they brought in... Jeremy Irons. No! <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, Samuel L. Samuel Jackson. Jackson. And honestly, the chemistry between Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson is perfect. I wish there was more movies with... Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis. Exactly. They should have buddy copped their way uh, through a decade. I don't know why Rush Hour wasn't right? Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I love them as a duo. I am sad that he doesn't show up in any other films. I mean, it wouldn't really make sense for him to stay in the Die Hard franchise, but like, he could have. Is Die- it Die Hard with a vengeance or Die Hard with vengeance? With uh, a vengeance? I- I'm actually asking. I don't I know. Don't, I don't Al. It's one of those things where I don't know, like... Is it it's like a vengeance or vengeance? Sex in the city, sex and the city. It's sex it's and the city, but... Die hard with a vengeance. With a vengeance? Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, they go on to create more diehards that are, you know, they're fine. But whatever. the reason... But you gotta... But, but, Kevin Smith's in one. It's okay. <laughs> but the diehard movies were... So the first one and the second one were literally the same movie. Right? Yeah, and, and the second one was very lackluster. It's, this, the second one, that ending fight sequence... On the wing of a plane, <laughs> but you also have is, to remember. It's funny because you can clearly see the like st- stunt doubles, like clear face, not Bruce Willis. Clear face, not not the other guy. <laughs> like it's. You, you can also remember. Okay, so this is a thing that like, like continuity of like real life and not real life, mm-hmm. right? There's a scene in that movie when all of the terrorists are throwing their hand grenades into the plane mm-hmm. to get. John McClane, right? And he, yeah. by the way, remember, he's a city cop. Yeah. He's not special forces. Nope. These guys are all special forces, But he right? is, he's a special city cop. <laughs> anyway, he's in a plane trying to make sure that these guys don't kill him, right? Yeah. And they all say, they say, okay, we're going to unload our, now why you'd have to unload all of your grenades into a plane <laughs> rather than just one? Right. I don't know why. But they start throwing their grenades into the per- plane. Now, the timer on a grenade is like, what? Three seconds? So, seconds, yeah. right? They start throwing all their grenades up there, and he has time to realize it, get up, walk over to the ejection seat, <laughs> buckle himself in, f- get ready. Now, at this time, they're all throwing their... I don't know what happened to the first grenades, because none of them are going off. Right. Each, and then you know, all got, of a sudden... They got shoddy. Uh... Eject himself. He flies straight up. 
By the way, this is a cargo plane. I don't I know what cargo planes. Say, uh, ejector seats on um, cargo plane. Yeah, Boeing seven forty sevens don't <laughs> exist. But <laughs> this is like a cargo plane, and he injects himself straight up and all the way up far enough where the explosion won't hurt him. Sure. This is like he has like almost a minute, maybe longer, before any of the grenades go off. Yeah. Do you know like how bad that would be if a soldier threw a grenade and it didn't go off for a minute and a half? Yeah, it'd be terrible. <laughs> it it it's, loses the purpose of that particular uh, weapon on the battlefield. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because the enemy would be like, oh shit, grenade, let's just jog over here. Like, so Die Hard sets a new tone for action films. Die Hard 2 sort of gels into what action films would become. They're yeah. a little lazy. They're a little over the top. They, um... There's just stretches that are kind of laughable as far as like storylines go. Um, it's enjoyable, like it's a popcorn movie, you know. Like, but Die Hard with a Vengeance, I think, gets so right good. up to that level. So good. It's better than the first one. I I think it's better than the first one. Uh, you know, yeah. Like as in whole, yeah, I would think that it it's more successful because you know the first one actually has two sidekicks. It has Argyle, who's the limo, the limo driver, driver, yeah, and they have Al. Um, and then the second one has two sidekicks. It has the guy that helps him. It has the airport. I can't remember his name. And then it has the other guy who helps him with, um, has like a, a janitor that helps him. Mm -hmm. But Die Hard with Vengeance actually only has one. Because all you need is one Samuel L. Jackson. That's true. One <laughs> motherfucking Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few others. Like, um, you know, recently... Sam Raimi made a Marvel movie, but he is most known for his Evil Dead movies. And the third installment of that film, like that film series kind of stair steps up. They're campy, they're corny. There's a vibe to them uh, that is wholly Sam Raimi. <laughs> it's hard, hard to explain. Uh, but the third installment of that film franchise, Army of Darkness, hits this whole nother gear that is so outlandish and weird and funny and scary parts and the, you know, it it just works on a whole nother level that makes it the best of the Evil Dead series, and it goes in left field like it it is one of those films where we would normally be like it's such a departure that it ruins it, but it's so much better uh, as Sam Raimi sort of refines that horror comedy uh, style that he's been known for uh, with Army of Darkness. So that that's another trilogy that that really lifts up, brings it all back. I would love to see more from that version, even though they've you know they've rebooted that series and you know they they have like a Ash versus the Evil Dead TV series that helps continue some of that. But I you, you know who doesn't love Bruce Campbell with a chainsaw arm and a and a shotgun? <laughs> True, know? it's it's awesome. And then he's fighting a bunch of uh, he's fighting alongside a bunch of medieval guys and mullets. It it, it just doesn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that after Army of Darkness, a movie series, a trilogy that just kept getting better because the director and writer just kept getting better was the El Mariachi movies. Oh, yeah. El Mariachi. Antonio Banderas and yep. El Mariachi and Desperado. And, and uh, Robert Rodriguez just kept getting better. Once and time in Mexico. Yeah. The, the first movie in the series was El Mariachi. And um, then he made his second movie, which was... Desperado. His first movie, he didn't have, you know, big actors. The second movie, he actually kept his actor from El Mariachi, and he actually only played, like, a side character. Mm. And he brought in Antonio Banderas. Well, and El Mariachi was made for, like, 
two grand. Yeah, well, it was his first movie. No, 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 but I'm saying, like, it was so, like, you, you talk about low-budget films, and then there's El Mariachi. It was this weird time, too, because, like, we talked about Clerks, right? Clerks was made for, like, 27 grand. Well, most of the guys on our yeah. list here are all signed by Miramax <laughs> at the same time. Robert Rodriguez, uh, Troy Duffy, yeah. uh, Kevin Smith, and Quentin Tarantino, all yeah. signed by Miramax, all in the same years. Yeah, yeah. It, or around the same time, th- that, I say. N- that 90s boom of the indie filmmaker was scrappy. They were ju- making film for the love of making film, regardless of their ability to get big stars or special effects or even fucking marketing. <laughs> well, the star of El Mariachi actually is in Desperado as the guy who has the guitar shot, the guitar shotgun thing. Yeah, yeah. But he dies like in one scene. He's Best use end. of a guitar case in a movie ever. Yeah. Well, there's like three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm saying in the franchise, yeah. Yeah. So um, Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek are in Desperado. Fucking great movie. But then it gets even better when Once Upon a Time in Mexico comes out, which is fantastic. <laughs> and you've got Johnny Depp in there. Yeah. You've got uh, still Antonio Banderas. Sure. Still Selma Hayek. Great movie. Yeah, I, I think with that trilogy, you're seeing the sort of maturity of Robert Rodriguez as a filmmaker. And Cheech Marin, by the way, Cheech Marin, yeah, is don't 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 is is like don't sleep the, on Cheech the, Marin. The cherry on the top of both <laughs> Desperado and <clears throat> Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Speaking of a great ensemble '90s cast, <laughs> in the- let's talk about Ocean's movies great great 90s cast done in the aughts yes (laughs) yeah the oceans movies are 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 interesting well they're great until they're not (laughs) which is what oceans 12 was it was not good it 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 gets weird weirdly bad in in the middle to the end of that movie it's a bad movie in the middle of it like the setup is fine because the setup is the same as every other oceans 11 movie except we already kind of know the players right we're not getting first introductions to them. We already know we just have to collect them again, right? Uh, but then it gets weird. Like the... Julia Roberts playing Julia Roberts. The con is so contrived and it like needs a lot of really coincidental people to just pick up the ball without knowing that they needed to pick well, up the ball. They break the fourth wall. They break the fourth wall. Julia Roberts plays Julia Roberts, like you said. Bruce Willis shows up out of nowhere. To, to meet Julia Roberts. In Italy, like... What? No. <laughs> like this this kind of falls off the rails. But then Ocean's 13, Ocean's 13 is back right? on back on track. Andy Garcia becomes a part of the con. We've got who's who is it? Uh, uh why can't I think of the Al Pacino? Al Pacino. Yeah. Uh joins the cast. Another one where like if you want a successful third in your franchise, add a cool uh actor to lift that shit back up. Yep. Right, bring then, in some new blood. Wait, Eddie Izzard was part of the twelve, right? Yes. Okay. He was. I think he's a part of the original eleven too, isn't he? No, no. They bring him in on twelve, and oh, then he's in part thirteen. Is he is he like the tech guy in eleven? He's that the tech one. No, he's the tech one on twelve. Just on twelve. Yeah, they bring okay. him in to help out, and then he comes back on thirteen. All right, that, that makes sense. Oh, is he the twelfth? <laughs> Maybe he is. Does he become because you know it's a, Ocean's Eleven is. There's 11 people needed yeah. to pull off this con. Although I will say that one of the things that's always bothered me about these movies is Don Cheadle 
<laughs> his fucking accent bothers me. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's got his. Uh, you know, like uh, issues. His diction on tape, things that they explain away why he's losing his Cockney accent. Yeah, because it was terrible. <laughs> so um, anyway, so he, that's he committed hard. Those are the movies that they did great trilogies. They needed a trilogy. So we're gonna now talk about. We're gonna get to the the meat of this show. Our wish list. The meat of the show. The wish list. What movies need a third fucking movie? All right, Corey, you start. So this first movie movie sequels uh, set movie set. Is, I like, what do you what do you consider a movie that or a franchise that only has two? A, uh, a, 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 a sequilogy. A, se- a sequilogy. Se- sequilogy. I have no I, idea. I don't know. I, I'm sure there's an actual term out there. Hey, switches. Jeff here. The proper term is saga or dialogy, but people don't really use that term. I now return you to the regularly scheduled programming. It is the movie in early Corey's brain that got him hooked on Queen as the, the greatest you, rock band of all time. Just refer to yourself in the third person. I, young young Corey. Okay, gotcha. And that is Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. Now. Wayne's World. Wayne's World is an immaculate film. <laughs> the first one is. Yeah, the first film is great. It's full of the charm from those characters in SNL. It takes you beyond the sketch in SNL very nicely. Uh, introduce, I mean, Rob Lowe is in it as an asshole, and he's great. Uh, oh, what's her name? Um, Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera is fantastic as Wayne's sort of uh, love interest in this. Uh, she does a, a great rendition of uh, what's the song? Ballroom Blitz. Ballroom Blitz. <laughs> Thanks for the lift. <laughs> the lifts. Um, yeah, my my brain is blanking on on details right now. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, the second film is them sort of going beyond, like using their sort of celebrity to create a uh, music festival, basically like a like a Woodstock. And the the whole plot centers around them sort of, <laughs> sort of lightly failing to to do so. Were you talking about the first one, or the second? The second, the second one. Okay. The second one then goes into like they they now have become an entity, and I love Wayne and Garth so much. In the '90s, and I would have loved to have seen just like with Bill and Ted, right? I would have loved to have seen those personalities continue on past Wayne's yeah, World too. Yeah, but you forgot the worst part of the sequel. Well, yeah, the which sequel is suffers. the reason why he's doing a Woodstock. Or it's called Wayne Stock in the Wayne movie. Stock, yeah. The reason why he's doing Wayne Stock is because Jim Morrison came to him in a dream. That's true. And he walks through the desert or whatever to see Jim Morrison in a dream. And Jim Morrison tells him, like Field of Dreams, yeah. that he needs to do Wayne Stock because Aerosmith is going to show up and play. Now, he never talks to Aerosmith. He never right. communicates to them. But just <clears throat> if he builds it, they will come kind of yes. situation. Yeah, it is a Field of Dreams uh, spoof. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it It is not as good as the first one. That is true. But I think that those characters are good enough to facilitate more movies. Or they would have been good enough to facilitate more movies, is the point I'm making. Like, Wayne and, um, Wayne except and Garth... For, except for uh, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers do not like each other. Yeah, there, there's... And that's why we don't have more Wayne's World movies. I mean, Mike Myers <laughs> totally stole Dana Carvey's routine for Doctor Evil. Yeah, there's there's some bad blood between <laughs> those two. I guess they started working it out, but yeah, for a long time, Dana Carvey would not talk to Mike Myers because he stole his routines. Yeah, you know, and apparently he's really fucking hard to work with. In but in the in my perfect fandom world, 
yeah. would have loved to have seen another installment of, of those movies because even though Wayne's World 2 as a like its plot was not great I still loved living in a world that those characters were in and I think that that's what's important yeah it is it's a good it's a good I would love to have seen a third one of that to redeem the sh- to to redeem Absolutely. the series because I love Wayne's World. I thought it was a phenomenon when it came out. Yeah. It inspired so many jokes. Still, you can see on TikTok, most younger generation do not understand that when they go into a guitar store and someone says no stairway, <laughs> that joke comes from Wayne's World. Yeah. Or when they see kids do the the Queen Bohemian Rhapsody you have to head in bang. the car. You have to headbang at that at that particular yeah. point in the song. The or, way they did it in the movie. Or a straw inside of a jelly donut. Right. That's all comes from Wayne's World. Yeah. So people don't understand. I don't think people understand where that stuff comes from. If you're going to spew, spew into this. Or car. The car. Game on. Yeah, game off. <laughs> so they, they have, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pop culture that comes from that movie. It was just so quotable. So Absolutely. Yeah. I would I, those love ca- it. It's, and, it, and it really comes down to the strength of those characters. And it, w- it would have been great. And like the 90s are exploding again for Generation Z, right? Like Gen Z is all about the 90s stuff right now. We could totally do a 2020s version of Wayne's World where maybe they become fucking TikTok stars. Like Garth accidentally becomes a TikTok star. Can you imagine? That'd <laughs> and be it funny as shit. revitalizes the interest for Wayne, Wayne's World. Like, that would be awesome. It, it could, I'm, I'm just saying, it, it, could, it could work. It, it could. could work. It could work. I, I want that third movie. All right, Corey. So for me, I think that the third movie we have to have is National Treasure oh. 3. This would be a re- national redemption story from the digital swill of the second movie, <laughs> which included a lot of bad hair plugs on Ooh. Nick Cage and a lot of focus or a lot of focus that was pulled away from Riley Poole's character. Um, which is why you know like you just said it's the cuz the side, the Riley Poole character is a sidekick. Yeah. So, I know they're doing that on um Disney Plus are going to do that new series, but the second one didn't have enough of him. Yeah. So well, they 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 brought in uh, his dad and his mom. Yeah. Right? So there was just too much investment in the use of the other actors that you were just talking about, Ed Harris and your favorite Helen Mirren. Love me some goddamn Helen Mirren. Not in that movie, I didn't. But the second movie's plot, she can do no wrong, Jeff. She can. <laughs> she can be in National Treasure too. So. The second movie's plot wasn't as well-written as the first movie, so the mazes and the puzzles felt a bit more cliched. Yeah, I, I thought that the concept was interesting, I, I didn't, but I didn't think the execution was there. I didn't. I thought that was really, really cliche. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm saying the, the connection to the like John Wilkes Booth and the, you know, like, uh, the assassination of President Lincoln, like going into the, like the history connection there with his I, particular family. Like I thought the oh, history, I thought the go. history connections were super, super cliche. Like the way they did, it wasn't as good as the first one. I felt like the execution was was not as good. Yeah. So a third movie that harnesses the attitude of the first movie, yeah. but with more imaginative secrets and puzzles, would actually help to redeem the series, and it might even bring it to almost like a modern Indiana Jones level. You know what I, I mean? was hoping that the National Treasure movies would be another type of Indiana Jones level franchise that would stay at that level. Yeah, that's what yeah. I just said. No, no, no. I, no I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's why I want a new National Treasure movie, because I, lo- I, I still will watch the first one over and over again. I I'll, think it was so great. I'll still watch the second one. Too. <laughs> the second one, I think, was terrible. You, you come at it terrible. You come at it, too, with 
I mean, you have a, a history education background. But see, so, the first one made sense for history. Sure. The second one did not. Well, I mean, it does, even no, though it it's, doesn't. Even, no, no, no. The first one does, even though like some of the things that they have are completely fabricated. No, I'm saying even though the things they've had are fabricated, they're fabricated correctly. Sure. The yeah. second one, a lot of things they fabricated are fabricated incorrectly. They're just willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay, yeah, sure, there's a... It's like, okay, basis on that movie, real quick. So my problem with the movie is that in real life, presidents don't all use the same desk. Oh, they don't? So if you were to have a book of secrets that was kept in a compartment in the, in the desk that all presidents have... Um, that would be a problem because you'd be moving it around all the time. Or there would be just some presidents who never get that information, and so it would kind of die. Exactly. <laughs> Immediately on face value, this movie is incorrect. F flawed, yeah. Its logic is a little flawed. That's true. Next set of films. Next set of films, definitely. We just got an installment of one of these films, Jeff. I know you're a fan. I'm a fan, too. Top Gun. We oh. need, like, five more of these. And it, it just made a billion dollars, so you know. You know that we are guaranteed a third Top Gun. You know what, though? Uh, I do want a third one, but I feel like I'm I'm good. Yeah, we don't need it, but I want it. <laughs> I know, but it took so long for Top Gun 2. Yeah. And I remember when they announced it. They announced that shit 11 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. So yeah. I feel like... I'm good at this point. Like <laughs> it was very satisfying as a sequel. That's it was. for sure. It was like you know what? I finally got the movie. Yeah, yeah, I got the movie I wanted. It was satisfying. I'm okay if I don't get the third one. Yeah, I I think we're guaranteed a third one because it just made a billion dollars. Like no joke with a B billion dollars. Uh, that they cannot step away from that cash grab. Cannot. I don't feel like he can do it though. See, I, it it doesn't necessarily have to be. It could be all Miles Teller for all I care. I don't think he would not do it. He's like Harrison Ford. Oh, he's Ford. definitely going to be a part of it. Remember Harrison Ford when he was going to hand off the reins to Indiana Jones to uh, Shia, LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf, and then that didn't happen because terrible movie. Yeah. And also, Shia LaBeouf, not Indiana Jones. And Harrison Ford just can't hand off anything to anybody. Yeah, yeah. He has to like have that the iconic character die for him to be like. All right, now do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> like Han Solo, right? He's like, I'll only come back if you kill him off because he wanted to be killed off way earlier. So I'm I'm a little worried that uh, in this next Indiana Jones, the fifth Indiana Jones, or I guess we'll call it the fourth Indiana Jones because we're not going to include Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as actual uh, part of Indiana Jones. I have a feeling Indiana Jones is dying in this installment. That's <laughs> eh, fine. I do, I do wish that they had made more in between. Like that's another one where like not just trilogies, but like I could have used eight Indiana Jones movies. I don't because I think that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, George Lucas have lost their fucking minds, and they think that everything is aliens now, mm -hmm. and they've ruined that series with Crystal Skull. Yeah, I'm I'm less enthused because Crystal Skull was what it is for this new installment. So I'm not even probably going to want to watch this one. But before they even made Crystal Skull, I could have taken four more Indiana Jones movies. Before they made Crystal, Skull. that's what I'm saying. Before Crystal Skull, I could have taken just. Every summer, or every other summer, let's go watch another Indiana Jones movie. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's ironic that he wasn't even supposed to be Indiana Jones. Oh, he wasn't? It was supposed to be Tom oh, Selleck. Oh, that's right. It was supposed to be Tom Selleck. That's fine. Yeah. I'm glad it was Harrison Ford because he You don't know. Tom it. Selleck could have been great in it. Yeah, he, he could have been. I, I don't think it would have... I, I don't know. Like You can't ever think of it that way because you know him always know, as Indiana it's, Jones. It's hard. It's hard. Like, it breaks my brain. Like Harrison Ford um, has like... 
a different kind of swarthy sex appeal where like I think Tom Selleck would have been too sexy for Indiana Jones. Like Harrison Ford can bring it down to like he's he's a a rugged everyman as Indiana Jones where Tom Selleck would just be too sexy. <laughs> I don't know like I don't like, think that but like like you wouldn't believe him as a college professor. <laughs> you know that, that's that's what I'm saying. Like that dude is that dude is all adventure. He's not going back to the classroom. He's all adventure. Like, I can put him in the jungle, put lots of sweat and dirt on him, and just go. You know, like, he wouldn't... He would have done... Know, man. I think he's he's more suited for the Temple of Doom. <laughs> the, like... That romancing the stone, you know, like, uh, romantic novel depiction of the adventurer. That's Tom Selleck. Harrison Ford adds another level to that that I think grounds it. That, that makes it a, a little better. But we're not talking about Indiana Jones. We're no. talking about Top Gun. We're talking about Top Gun. Top Gun, it made a billion dollars. It's going to get a third. I'm excited for it. Uh, we're, we're behind that decision, even though we don't need it, but we'll take it. So my, third, my next third movie that I think should be made is one that people have been clamoring for if you are into these movies. So the Boondock Saints movie was a sleeper hit mm-hmm. called Classic. Back in 1999, this was the only movie for writer-director Troy Duffy until 10 years later when he made a sequel to the Mafia Revenge story aptly named Boondock Saints 2. Despite these movies being the only two movies in Troy Duffy's portfolio. (laughs) Sorry, man. It's just he's only done these two movies. We have to do a special episode just detailing out the life and times of Troy Duffy. <laughs> There's a documentary. Oh, oh my God. It's it's kind of sad, actually. The final movie has remained unfinished and has been plagued with pre-production disasters, one of them being the controlling ego of the writer-director Troy Duffy. Yeah. This is what has supposedly caused stars Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery to walk away from the project multiple times. Basically, I just want the fucking movie to be made. Because everyone needs to know what happens to Special Agent Eunice Bloom and Special Agent Smeckler, who, <laughs> who at the end of the last Saints movie were plotting to help out the Saints. Right. I mean, what would be really cool is if they did like a prequel with uh, Il Duce, you know, go back in time and see how Il Duce just became, you know, the Irish crazy hitman that he is. Sure. That would be great. And then you wouldn't have to deal with uh, all the egos can. That have the question formed. is though, do we do we want Duffy back at the helm? I, it's his thing. It has he, to be. It has to be. He has owns it. Be. He wrote it. He directed it. It's him. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I like. It's one of those movies, or like movie franchises that feels like it kind of exists outside of all of movie making. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it. I mean, it very clearly is a movie, and it's made very much like a movie, but it feels. Like it exists on its own little island that you have to like be let in to the to the club. Like somebody has to reckon. Like you, you got to see. Have you seen Boondock Saints? Yeah. Like it's this mythic. It's definitely a cult film. But it feels like once you get involved in this movie, all of a sudden you're into the iconography. You're into the like. Oh no no, that's that's what I'm saying. Like it it has a wealth of world building, and it's it's made you know well enough that it can continue its its story and it's engaging, but it still feels like it exists outside of the system. It's like Troy Duffy. He sold this script as a bartender, right, to Miramax. <clears throat> it's like he hit gold right off the bat. Right. 
and then he didn't know what to do after that. Right. He's like, holy fuck, I just hit like, gold. I, I actually don't know how to make a film. The script is fantastic. <laughs> the writing is amazing. And yeah. then he just didn't know what the fuck to do. Troy Duffy still exists kind of on the outside. Kind of. These are the only two movies he's I, ever that's made. That's what I'm saying. Like he, he's, he's, he's still, still not, a bartender, I think. Not quite in the fold. I think he's still a bartender in, in Boston. That's yeah. That's that's what the documentary said. The documentary could've... ends with him standing outside of his bar. Fuck. I that's hope he what... owns the bar at least. I hope he at least owns the bar too. <laughs> at least but... own the bar. <laughs> but yeah, throw him throw him a third. Like let's let's complete the trilogy, and then if if he continues to live in obscurity, uh, you know, bartending, that's cool. But like, yeah, like let's complete that story. Absolutely. All right. Before we we wrap it up here, let's get into some. We threw this a. Uh, Question out to you um, on social media, and we got a couple listeners uh, that submitted their ideas for uh, two film sets that need a trilogy. Uh, listener at that f king guy, I think it's that fucking guy. <laughs> he's, you know, uh, he's the host of uh, that fucking show. He's another podcast. Uh, he says Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy run. There was a Hellboy in two thousand four, Hellboy: The Golden Army in two thousand eight, and then nothing. <laughs> and then they reboot it. With uh, Stranger Things star, and uh, that movie was not great. <laughs> and our last listener submission is from Skylar Giordano, who is, runs Omega Star 7, our friend Skylar. Um, he would like to see a third installment of the Blade Runner series. Now, this one is interesting, because there was a huge gap between Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. We're talking 82 to 2017. So do we have to wait another fucking 30 years <laughs> before we get... You know, um, you know, uh, Blade Runner twenty sixty three or Talking whatever. About Harrison Ford there, you know. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Do 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 we have to have Harrison Ford, or is it like just um, Ryan Gosling continuing on? You know, like, that's the that's the question. Also, with Tron now, Tron is coming out. That's Tron, another one. Yeah. But Tron, you wouldn't have. You don't have to have Jeff Bridges in it because you know he's not. He died in the second one. Sure, but you. Um, you know, Claudio shot that. I my, did not know my, that. My ex uncle. I did not know that. He also shot Top Gun. <laughs> huh. But I do know that uh, they're, they are doing the Neutron, but they are doing it with Jared Leto, apparently. Mm. But they are having the two, they are having Olivia Munn, who has to be in it. Love him. I love, love me some Olivia Munn. Yeah. Before we finish up the show, we want to go over some honorable mentions of movies that should have a trilogy and don't. They stopped at two, they need a third. Kick ass. Kick ass. Fucking love Kick-Ass. Fucking great movies. Another opportunity to redeem a, a I thought lower, lower Kick second Kick-Ass 2 one. was okay. I didn't I, mind it. I still enjoyed it. It felt it it felt uh, like a low-budget version of a sequel I didn't think so. It. I thought it was a com- it's comic book-y. It was good. With yeah, the, the I, Shark I have, Tank room, and they had... I thought it was funny. I have no problem with uh, the, the writing, the story, all of that. I enjoyed every part of it. Christopher Mintz-Plas, or whatever, the uh, McLovin, it's great. Uh, but the the like quality of it felt like it suffered. So like that would be the redeeming quality for me. It's like just make it, make it like a real film again. I don't think you can do a third film with that because it kind of resolved itself at the end. Well, yeah, but like that's what writers are for. All right, all right. <laughs> Thank thanks to the listeners that that submitted uh, suggestions for us. Uh, Sorry if we didn't get to your suggestion. We didn't have much time left. You know, we we picked our favorites, and those two were our favorites. If you would like to try to. You know, sub- submit something. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Switch Envelope, or you can follow our Instagram at Switch the Envelope. 
Uh, of course, you can go to switchtheenvelope.com for all your Switch the Envelope needs and subscribe to us on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts. Don't forget to eat your combos and uh, drink yourself uh, Arizona iced tea. My personal favorite is the one that's 99 cents. And as always, we're going to dedicate this episode to Mr. Samuel L. Jackson, the star of Die Hard with a Vengeance. And aside from that, go see all these movies, even the ones that haven't been made yet. <laughs> and we'll see you later, Switches. See you later, Switches. Switch the Envelope is a Riff Laugh production. Switch the Envelope was written and produced by Jeff and Corey. Switch the Envelope was mixed at Studio 85 by Jeff. All research for this episode was not truly done. In fact, most facts for this episode are probably wrong. So go on out there and Google it yourself. <laughs>